It's a penalty harnesses the power of sport to prevent abuse, exploitation, and human trafficking. We're working to disrupt the fastest growing illegal business enterprise in the world while protecting victims and preventing trafficking through awareness and education because we believe prevention is better than cure. Welcome to the It's a Penalty podcast. Today, Sarah and I are joined by A21, our founding partner. We'll talk about caring for survivors, the Global Freedom Summit, and A21's newest campaign, Can You See Me? Stick around. I think you'll be encouraged. Sport brings people together. We stand with It's a Penalty against the exploitation and trafficking of vulnerable people. It's a penalty was amazing for us because of the scope, the passion, and the clear direction around human trafficking. We're enlisting the help of the community and our business partners so that we can teach them to spot the signs of human trafficking. We support It's a Penalty in preventing human trafficking. These crimes will not be tolerated. It's a penalty. Hi, Molly. Hi, Ali. Hi. Hi. It's so great to have you with us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to be here today. Yeah, so A21, um, they are It's a Penalty's founding partners. And, you know, we couldn't be where we are today without you guys. And obviously, we work very closely together and we love working with you. And Molly, we, um, I think we'll just start by saying, you know, A21 has been such a big part of the It's a Penalty campaign from the very beginning and has, you know, been alongside us through the campaigns that we've run. But for listeners out there, could you explain to us what A21 does? What is your mission? And I, we know that you work in multiple countries around the world. So if you could just give us kind of an overview. Yes, of course. So we are global. We work in over I, 15 countries right now. Um, and it's growing every day. Um, our mission is very simple. It's to end human trafficking everywhere forever. Um, A21 was originally derived from abolishing human trafficking in the 21st century. And that's really what we aim to do. Um, and we kind of use a couple different methods in doing that. We go through reach, rescue and restoration. Um, so we focus on all these different types and prevention, education, awareness, um, as, and as well as restoration. And I know Ali is going to be able to speak really well on the restoration part. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a little bit about us. Amazing. You do such incredible work. So Ali, tell us about the survivor support and how you assist survivors and what happens at the Freedom Centers. Yeah, absolutely. So our uh, model for aftercare in the United States was built out of a need that we were seeing in uh, assisting survivors of human trafficking. And so uh, we originally uh, started our aftercare in the United States in Charleston, South Carolina. 
and we were meeting more and more survivors who were in need of that kind of in-between services that wasn't attached necessarily to another program uh, like housing or food banks or things like that, but it was that middleman to be able to help at any point in their restoration journey and just walk that journey with them. And so um, as we went about over the years, uh, we found uh, Charlotte being a really great uh, city for us to launch this aftercare program in. And so from there, we opened what we call our Freedom Center, which is actually the space that survivors can come into. And it's their space that they can come and meet with our case managers. They can come and hang out in between classes or work. They can come and work on their job resumes and work through our life skills programs and things like that. And so the, the whole purpose of the program is really to get survivors to a place of independence where they're not just physically free anymore, but they're free in all aspects of their life. And they're really able to move on with their life outside of their trafficking situation and knowing that they can actually accomplish their goals and dreams. And so our goal is really to equip them and then empower them to actually do that and move forward in that. So um, how that looks and what that focuses on is really that long-term case management piece. Um, so that's done by our caseworkers that work in the Freedom Center and our survivors can come in. It's similar to a drop-in center in a sense. Um, and so very hands-on in our approach, very holistic in that we can help from the very beginning of the minute they get out of trafficking all the way until they are independent and can uh, attain whatever resources they need to continue in uh, their life. And so that's really the, um, the, the model and what it's, it's created from. And it is, you know, it's incredible work and it takes dedication from your team, I'm sure. And you must have, you know, heard of so many different stories. And mm -hmm. could you share a recent story of a survivor with us? Yeah, so um, we, we have one survivor who, um, and I think this really highlights the importance of having that middleman. Um, so she was trafficked when she was a teenager and she left her trafficking situation, obviously had to go through a lot to leave that trafficking situation because it's not an easy thing, uh, but she left it. Um, and unfortunately she didn't have support services. And at this point she was a young adult. And so unfortunately she was re-trafficked because she was still vulnerable because there was no resources to actually help her after she got out of trafficking. And so she, she became re-trafficked and she was um, forced um, into sex trafficking um, so that she could actually obtain money for her traffickers bad habits. And um, so she ended up being the brave individual that she is, left that situation. And when she did, this time she was connected with us. And so we walked that journey with her and she is now married and she's now um, living her best life. And um, it's such a beautiful restoration journey to consider because she was connected with all the resources that she didn't have at that first, that first time she left her trafficking situation, um, which for her was things like counseling and 
was uh, medical resources and those those things that although she had those life skills she didn't have that emotional freedom and so it was really helping to connect her and walk that journey with her and so yeah so she's now married and um, she has a bachelor's degree and yeah so it's absolutely incredible that's, that's so amazing so amazing and also i think you know for survivors to hear that kind of story it you know when their situation must seem so impossible when they hear of somebody that's been in the same situation as them and yet there they are kind of with their life transformed and married and yeah you know i mean that's inspiring isn't it for the survivors as well have you actually seen an increase in people seeking help due to covid19 so we have, um, we've surprisingly, we thought it actually decreased because people were quarantining, but it actually has remained the same. And so um, we, in at least locally, have seen um, that numbers haven't increased or decreased. They've actually maintained the same um, referrals that we've received and things of that nature. Um, there's been several challenges throughout, um, namely that housing and shelters where generally we'd, uh, we'd be able to provide that, those, those shelters would be able to provide that short-term housing for the survivors while they uh, gain stability and are able to find long-term housing. Those places, because of COVID, haven't been able to accept any more individuals. So we've had to find other means of um, um, assisting those survivors while they obtain long-term housing. So we've had to rent hotels and things like that. So that's been probably the biggest challenge for COVID. But in terms of the amount of cases, we actually have seen a steady uh, um, amount of cases that have come in through referrals through law enforcement and other nonprofits. Yeah. And Allie, when you, when you talk about survivors that are coming out of a trafficking situation and then being able to use the care that A21 provides, what? How do you normally um, receive those survivors in? Is it mostly law enforcement referrals, or how does that work if somebody's in a situation and they need that help? Yeah, that's a great, um, great question. So we do receive majority of our referrals from law enforcement, if not law enforcement. It's usually through another government agency, maybe it's a lawyer's office, um, maybe it's a shelter nearby, uh, maybe it's another nonprofit in the area. So um, either, either those uh, agencies might reach out to us and say, we have a survivor uh, and we know about your services uh, and we want to refer them to you. We think that they um, would do great with your services. And so um, we'll meet with them face-to-face -face, um, or if it's COVID on the phone, um, whatever they feel comfortable with and uh, be able to go from there, figure out like what exactly they need and, um, and, and assess those, those needs and go about their restoration journey from that. Okay. And then if you have um, people that need help and they're not near one of your freedom centers, then do you work with other partners? Um, how does that work? Like both, if you could just explain right. both in the U.S., but also like around the world where you have other off offices. Yeah. How, how do those people get help if they're like sort of in a place where you don't have an actual office? Yeah. So in the same way that um, we partner with um, it's a penalty and it's 
stronger because of that. We're all stronger because of the partnership. We also do that with our survivor care. And so partnerships are a huge thing for us. We can't do this work alone. Um, there's, you know, 40 million individuals that are enslaved across the globe by this crime. And so we certainly can't do it with a hundred of us, you know? So with that said, um, whether it's here or in another country, what we do is we connect with other uh, nonprofits that can help and assist this individual uh, based off of their location and based off of what they actually specialize in. And from there, we can connect the survivor with the individual. Now, if there are no uh, if there's no help in the area, particularly in the United States, where that survivor is, then we can actually help them from afar. It's just maybe more limited just because face-to-face -face tends to open up more opportunities. But nevertheless, we will absolutely uh, provide those case management services as needed. We're, we're pretty lucky in the United States in that there's quite a bit of nonprofits across the United States that we're able to refer the survivors based on where they are. Um, in other other countries, we might have to assist, um, maybe even more so with, say, relocation services. So here, we get the opportunity to help relocate a survivor um, through our partnerships, whereas in other countries, they might not even have that partnership as an opportunity or availability. So we might, as A21 staff, have to be the people to go with the survivor and on an airplane or on a bus or in a car and actually relocate them back to a safe place. Wow, that's great. I mean, and that's, I mean, it's, as you explain it, it's such a comprehensive service, really, that you're providing. Um, and I think, you know, for people out there who may have somebody in their life who might be a survivor, or, you know, just thinking about the, the fact that you guys really can provide that comprehensive service, because we know that it's not just a quick and easy thing to like get a survivor back on their feet, but it's right. quite a journey, right? It's, it's yeah. quite a long road. Yeah, that's that's an that's a phenomenal point is that comprehensive or wraparound services um, and, and really leading with a victim centered approach, believing that the survivor, um, regardless of everything they've been through, knows what's best for their life. Um, and so being able to empower them to make those decisions in their restoration journey um, is, is super powerful and helps them to be more motivated to continue in that journey when things uh, get difficult. And so uh, it's, it's absolutely those comprehensive services. Um, and especially, I think a good point uh, to make here is, is not even those wraparound services for their restoration journey, but even in the uh, legal process is supporting them through um, their, their trials with the trafficker, or if they have to testify, or if they simply need a lawyer to be able to um, get charges dropped that were on their record because of their trafficking situation. So really, like you said, that, that start to um, uh, not necessarily end because your journey in life never ends, but that, that restoration journey of we can help you from the minute you're out of trafficking um, through whatever it looks like for your life to get on your feet um, in, in all, all aspects of life and, and providing that holistic care. And Ali, if people want to help survivors or support them, what can they do? 
Yeah, so there's many different ways to support our survivors. I know several of our uh, offices across the globe, our aftercare offices specifically, um, per, uh, ask for or have a volunteer program. And so that's one great way. Another great way if you can't volunteer or even if you can and you'd like to partake in this as well um, is, is donating through in-kind donations. Um, and we actually have an Amazon wish list in which uh, we're constantly updating that either with what we know survivors need or what they have actually specifically requested. So for example, if they move into a new home, we provide a new welcome home bundle that has all their necessities uh, when they first move in. And so those items are on there as well as like specific items that maybe they need for their children, such as diapers or feminine hygiene products and things like that. So that's constantly being updated and you can actually pick the item that you want to purchase knowing that it's going right to a survivor or in some way impacting a survivor by you know going into the freedom center and being available for them there um, so that's a great way uh, the the greatest way i would say um, to to support survivors and then um, definitely in general donating and right now i believe that you are able to actually donate specifically to the rescue and restoration strategy um, of our of our model so those are those are three great ways Yeah, and that's great. I mean, I think the Amazon thing is just so cool because people can very um, easily just click on Amazon. They can, um, you know, pick an item and then it gets shipped directly to you, right? Yes. Through that wish list. So they don't yep. have to worry about knowing where it goes. And that's just a really cool way to bless a survivor, to really yeah. help them um, on their journey and know that you're really making a difference and it, you know, it's going to them. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to um, say how proud I am of all the work that's going on in North Carolina. Allie is too humble to say this, but they actually just won the um, presidential award for extraordinary efforts in combating trafficking in persons. Um, everything they're doing there is really phenomenal. And we're so proud of that branch um, of A21. And um, even just hearing this, I hear this pretty regularly. We have meetings a lot, but even just hearing it in this conversation with you guys is always um, just so inspiring and um, so encouraging to see what they're doing there. Um, but we yes, we couldn't so do it without everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, leadership. Thanks, leadership, Ali. Yes. You know, it, it is such a true honor that, that it, we can look at our services for survivors and be able to say like, you know, that didn't come just from, you know, four staff members in this office or one year of really hard work and great efforts, but years and years of true grit in this fight and, and true, um, allowing the survivors to lead in their journey for them to speak on our behalf as well and to say thank you you know and so i think it's just an absolute honor to to have that um recognition but then know that um we have so much further to continue going and we're going to continue putting grit to this 
uh, cause and, and in our partnerships too, you know, so without everybody involved, uh, you know, I, I truly believe that we wouldn't get where we are today or have been where we are today and be able to have this award if it wasn't for every single person who's ever supported A21, who's ever volunteered for A21, who's ever spread the word about A21 in any way, shape or form. So thanks for the shout out, Molly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited um, about everything you guys are doing. And I'm so, so, so looking forward to everything that's left to come because I know it's only the beginning of some pretty great work um, coming out of that branch there. So Molly, um, your role in A21, you're the advocacy director, right? For the United States over here, is that correct? Yes, I am. (laughs) Well, that's so great. And I know that we've worked together on previous campaigns with um, with It's a Penalty and your partnership has been so um, wonderful. Like it's been just a great partnership because really Sarah has said this before, you guys are family to us, you know, and um, being able to work with you is just an honor to work with you. And um, so I, I know that you guys just recently finished a big um, global freedom summit. And I know it looked a little bit different than it did last year because you know, A21, a lot of people may know, have been known for these big walk for freedoms all over the country. So can you tell us what Global Freedom Summit was and and give us some like highlights about it? We did have the Global Freedom Summit this year. And as you did mention, we normally do have the walk for freedom every year. Obviously with COVID-19, we had to kind of pivot this usual annual plan of the walk for freedom. Um, But we didn't want to just pivot. We wanted to amplify our impact. We didn't want to see this as um, just a different option. We wanted to see it as kind of an upgrade um, because it's now more needed than ever. Um, So really the Global Freedom Summit was an hour of really thorough educational awareness of human trafficking and all the work that we're doing to combat it and everything that everyone who's watching can do to join us in that fight. So we broadcasted in over 70 different countries and over 20 different languages. Uh, We had about over 100,000 different people join in um, for watch parties. Um, And it basically was streaming for 24 hours, every hour, on the hours. Wow, that is so, <laughs> so cool. It was, yeah, so um, it was a really intensive day of um, just education and awareness and highlighting some of the different things that A21 is doing um, and obviously having calls to action for everyone to start participating and really um, talking talking the talk but walking the walk as well when, with battling human trafficking. And um, we're so thrilled and encouraged by the outcome and the amount of people who joined in across the world and in all these different languages. So um, we wanted to make sure that since it was an online event, um, that we would stop at nothing to reach every person who had internet and could access this. So we made sure that we really broadcasted this as widely as, as we could uh, humanly possibly do. And I'm, I'm really proud of the team because I, I think we definitely accomplished that. Well, I've had some really, really great feedback. So. Oh, good. Um, Did you watch it, Sarah? Yeah. yeah. 
amazing but also my uh, my daughter-in-law watching she just is just she just she's a nurse and she wants to sort of well she wants to do as much as she can for you know to you know to help end human trafficking and I know that A21 is a big inspiration for her so oh, you know wonderful. Thank yeah you. I'm sure she represents millions of people that were listening in and you know the thing is you're you're not only raising awareness, you're changing the course of people's lives who, you know, will will want to make a difference. And that's what it's all about, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Well, my biggest takeaway, because every hour when they streamed it, there was also a live chat going where you could have your questions answered by A21 staff. Um, and really the feedback that I saw from a lot of the people asking questions were really in-depth questions asking about how they can learn more about what trafficking look, looks like. What are the different indicators for different types of trafficking? How can they spot them? And what's the number to call if they do spot them and in all the different countries? So it really was a significant in-depth hour. Um, I hate using the word crash course, but yes, a crash course on what is human trafficking and what everyone can do to spot it, identify it, um, and report it. So yeah. Molly, for people listening, is there is there a recording or like a replay that they can watch? So you definitely can go to our website. Um, I'm not sure if it's up right now, but I'm sure they have um, highlights and it has a whole great deal of information about all the different segments that were involved um, in that one hour global freedom summit. You know, people recently watched this summit or if they go and watch a recording or they hear this podcast and they, you know, like Sarah mentioned her daughter-in-law, if somebody really has a passion about getting involved, what are some practical things or practical steps that people could take to really help the cause? Well, I always say it depends on the resources that you have and really what you are wanting to do with your time. Um, so obviously volunteering, obviously donating. Um, but then again, we have a lot of calls to actions like canvassing, putting up posters in local community boards with indicator signs reaching out to your local authorities and asking them to take this issue seriously and to start building um, policies around human trafficking and start thinking about how you can build out these advocacy programs in your community with your local officials. Um, so really there are endless possibilities of how to get involved. Um, once again, I would encourage you to go to our website um, and look at all these different ways you can get involved. And like Ali said, um, we have a really awesome donation portion on our website where you can pick if you want to donate to reach rescue or restoration. Um, and you can literally your funds will be donated to that branch and you could see um, $25 would donate a comic book um, for education and prevention awareness anywhere up to um, $1,000 would help assist in providing um, legal assistance to survivors. So it's a really, uh, once again, comprehensive um, way to look at donating. And I think that's a really great option for a lot of people. Um, and right now, one of my favorite things that's going on um, with our advocacy is our Can You See Me campaign, which is 
uh, billboards nationwide roadside right now. Um, so we're encouraging people to go take a picture of the billboards, um, post it, hashtag we see you, um, and kind of stand with us in um, supporting our battle in human trafficking. And there's almost 300 of those around the country, right? Yes, right now there are over 300. Um, so they're, they're out there. And this campaign, we launched it a week ago. Um, and this week will reach um, an estimated 70 million people alone in the roadside billboards. So um, with the help of everyone listening, we can amplify that um, with social media and just make the impact even larger. Yes, congratulations to you on the Can You See Me campaign. I was at Heathrow Airport in London a couple of weekends ago and I saw the poster on the back of the, of the bathroom door. So I was like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we love Heathrow. And um, even though this campaign launched in the United States, it is a it is a global campaign. So we really are um, all around the globe. So I'm glad that you got to see it um, in Heathrow, which is one of my favorite airports. So I <laughs> enjoy seeing it there too. Hamali, just so that our listeners are aware, the Can You See Me campaign, in addition to those billboards across the country, there are videos, right, that you can watch and share um, with sort of scenarios of human trafficking and kind of what to look out for. Are those available on the website as well? Yes, absolutely. So every still image you see on these billboards has an accompanying video that really goes more in depth on the indicators of trafficking for that scenario. So we have agricultural labor, we have um, domestic servitude, sex trafficking, child online exploitation, um, and then a human trafficking um, in general scenario. Um, so it, it really would, if you are really interested in learning more, it really would be beneficial to go watch the videos that accompany these billboards so you can get that comprehensive um, idea of what the indicators look like. Um, and do keep an eye out. I believe we just launched, um, we're in about 40 different cities. We have the video kiosk in cities um, around the nation um, playing our Can You See Me video clips. Um, so I would keep an eye out for those as well. And to add to that too, is I think that the videos are such a awesome piece to it because they're able to give you this snapshot view of these specific, more common theme scenarios. So it's not necessarily we took one survivor's story and then highlighted it. It's rather, here are the common themes and signs that we see among sex trafficking survivors, uh, among you know individuals who were forced into labor or into domestic servitude or online sexual exploitation. And here's a snapshot of what that might look like in common indicators. And so it's really giving that like, like you know, one to three minute education piece on, oh, I understand what that looks like now visually. Uh, mm -hmm. I know from, there was, I think two Can You See Me videos that were highlighted in the Global Freedom Summit broadcast and people were so, uh, they were so drawn into that because they were actually able to take what the indicators were and how we were presenting them and put them into an actual, you know, picture of what that looks like, which is super helpful when you're connecting it with like a real life example. I 
totally agree with Ali. I think the videos are so impactful and really portray um, the general scenario as well. Um, I just want to also point out, because you pointed this out and it's a great point, um, <laughs> these can you see me scenarios, I think are super significant because they do highlight different types of trafficking that are typically underrepresented, like your um, labor trafficking. Uh, we know that Polaris had about one fifth of their reported cases were labor trafficking, yet um, we tend to, to not see as many um, public awareness and educational pieces surrounding labor trafficking. Um, so I think it's really, really important that these scenarios portray the full scope of trafficking and that um, there are different types of trafficking and there are different people who are vulnerable to each type. And it's really important to know all of them. Um, so I would encourage everyone to go watch the videos. So, so how can people get educational materials or learn more about the work of A21? There are uh, several various uh, educational pieces that our team has put out over the years and worked with, you know, anywhere from survivor consultants all the way to education consultants who have worked in the education system can make our knowledge applicable to, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers and parents and things like that. Um, so there's various ones on our website. And if you go to, I believe it's join the fight and then take action, um, it'll bring you to a page that uh, offers our various programs on education. And we have anything from general awareness for the everyday person all the way to um, say parents and um, a curriculum, an actual high school curriculum called Bodies Are Not Commodities uh, and, and primary prevention programs for um, those in elementary school and middle school. So there's various pieces and they actually will take you through almost entire courses on some of them. And then some are more simple, um, more simplified, but they give that in-depth training to what trafficking is. And then for parents actually training the parents on what to look for. And then they can also train um, or educate their children. Guys, thank you so much. You know, and I think one of the things that really impresses me and impacts me is that you are both so passionate about what you're doing. And it becomes more than a job, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. It just becomes life. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, it's something that becomes a... Um, you know, it, it makes the passion behind it makes the, the job, you know, the job aspect easier, you know, um, there's still paperwork and there's still going to be really hard days and there's going to be really hard stories and things like that. Uh, but it is the passion and it is knowing what you're doing it for and who you're doing it for, um, that really drives that, uh, motivation. To learn more about A21, visit their website, a21.org. If you want to learn more about the It's a Penalty campaign, visit our website, itsapenalty.org, or follow us on social media.